TuxJam, combining Linux news with Creative Commons goodness. Hello, hello, a happy new year and welcome to TuxJam number 48. So I am Kevy and joined as always by Andrew. How are you today, Andrew? I'm very well, thank you, Kevy. And on the show, we're going to have a wee look at a few applications. We don't have a distro review, but we do have a special guest who's going to come on to talk about something particularly Linuxy, in fact. So it is kind of, in a sense, a, a distro review, but it's it's a distro review plus. So, yeah, so that's that's coming up ahead. So we'll also be looking at uh, and status on the mobile. And I am also going to be looking at two apps that I've been playing about with, and that's Nixnote 2 and Life Rea, both desktop apps. Right, so before we do that, we're going to get back to our usual format. Uh, we'll go straight into looking at Linux distros that are out this week. Yes, indeed. And so the first one, looking at the page of uh, DistroWatch tonight uh, that caught my eye, is a distro I've never heard of before. It's called Quart, K-W-O-R-T. Um, it doesn't seem to come with KDE, uh, which you might think, given that it starts with the letter K. Um, and it's based on, it says Crux-based distribution. I've not even heard of Crux. Have you heard of Crux, Kerry? I It does ring a bell, but I cannot remember it off the top of my head. I, I'm pretty sure I have heard the name Crux before in Linux distros, but... Uh... It's not something I've tried, let's put it that way. I think we may have mentioned it in the past, or I've just noticed it in the past. But uh, no, certainly not one I've, I've had any experience with. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, looking from the description, there's not all that much detail in the description in DistroWatch. Um, it mentions its package manager is KPKG, KPackage, uh, which is, sounds again a bit... Like they, they've come from KDE land where everything starts with the letter K. Um, it's got Lilo and Grub too, the bootloaders. Uh, yeah, it tells you what bootloaders it uses and what its package manager is called, but the DistroWatch description doesn't tell you much else. Yeah, well, I might uh, might head over to that uh, Distro's uh, page and give it a try, just because I've never heard of it before. Mm, that might be an interesting one to look at for next time. So we may have found a new Distro to try it. Now, the next one that... Uh I'm looking at is one that's kind of on the fringe. It's maybe one of the slightly better known of the lesser distros, and that's Kali Linux, which I I think I can't remember that I tried briefly, but I have kind of toyed with the notion of installing it before. Well, I'm saying installing it. It does tend to be on live medium. It's a pen testing distro. So, but this one, however, seems to have been. Uh, it's, I was just reading the notes here, and it has actually been modified slightly to run well on the Raspberry Pi. I'll assume it's Raspberry Pi 2. Uh, but that's certain thing once. It's Debian-based, and it comes with a variety of pen testing tools. So one of these ones, if you're into that kind of thing, well worth a look. And then the next one on the list is one that I actually use and found quite useful, and I used it today. It's called Gparted Live, and it's a Debian-based distro with live uh, distro. Um, it says a live CD, but these days, you know, I put it in a, I've got it in a USB stick uh, that I take with me and occasionally whip out and use it to fix uh, broken computers of all sorts. And um, uh, and it, it comes with like disk management, data rescue type utilities, uh, and I do find it very handy. But 
today it failed me because uh, it just wouldn't start on my son's new PC. Uh, and what I wanted to do, I actually had a hard drive, an uh, external USB hard drive. I wanted to copy some files off it onto that machine, but the USB hard drive was formatted with Linux X partition, uh, and and that machine upstairs uh, has only got Windows on it as yet. I haven't yet got around to putting a Linux just on it for my son, um, and Windows won't read, obviously, a Linux formatted drive, so I thought I would use Startup Gparted and use that to copy across, because Gparted can, of course, read sort of NTFS Windows partitions but it wouldn't work. Uh, something about the NVIDIA graphics card on... Sorry, it's not NVIDIA, it's um, it's, a, it's a ATI. Uh, something about the ATI graphics card, it just didn't like. And Slackware Live uh, got a bit further, but still didn't start it up. So but I, I hadn't been using the latest distribution release. I hadn't realized there was a release today of Gparted, otherwise I might have tried that. Well, there you go, you know, for next time. <laughs> right, the next one is uh, XTix Linux, and this is 16.1. Now, I don't normally mention Ubuntu-based uh, distros. However, this caught my eye purely because it features the desktop environment LXQT. Now, for those of you that don't know, there's the LXDE desktop environment, and there's the Razer QT, which was kind of you know, based on KD, but it was like a stripped-down QT version of KD, kind of for lightweight. And this was a merger of the two. So it's something I tried in its early infancy stage, and it was just too uh, unreliable to use, uh, certainly regularly. So this is another one of these things that I really do want to get around to trying a slightly more mature... I'm not expecting it to be fully developed yet, but a certainly more mature version of the LXQT desktop. Ah, yes, I, I haven't really tangled much with LSQT, but I do like the sound of it. The next one uh, that I like the look of uh, was uh, Chaos, K-A-O-S, and this time the K definitely does stand for KDE, and they go straight into Trumpet that they have KDE Plasma 5 desktop uh, in their latest distro. Um, yeah, you don't call it KDE 5, you call it KDE Plasma 5. Uh, I, I never I use I use KDE, but I just get the way they keep splitting things up and calling them plasma this and whatever that. Um, so I don't quite know what that means. Um, and the frameworks five and plasma five, and they both have different minor version numbers. Anyway, so it seems that KDE doesn't have a version number. It's it's the, it's the frameworks and uh, and plasma bits and applications, but that have. Uh, Oh, goodness. KDE Applications 15.12.1. Eh? Is that a typo? I don't know. I'm very confused. Anyway, uh, yeah, Chaos. If you like KDE, you might be interested in trying that. Yes, indeed. And Chaos, I believe, it used to be Arch-based. Now it's independent-based. So to be honest, given they've been a while and the independent-based stuff been doing their own, I don't know how big Chaos is, but I can't imagine it's got a huge team working for it. So for them, I mean, you may think, oh, it's a bit late to the game, but you've got to remember as well, it is a smaller uh, distro, so it, it's 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 just good that they've actually kept on going and kept on uh, updating it, kept on plugging away, because even with the slightly bigger distros, how many of them are still on KDE 4 point something? So it's good to see that. Yes, indeed it is, yes. And, uh, yeah, I would imagine most distros are going to move to to KDE Five or plasma five or whatever you want to call it. Yes, indeed. 
Right then, so before our, our next guest, he's just coming in, I've heard the car pulling up, you know, he's got to get himself comfy, get a cup of tea, so we'll give him some time for that, and while we're waiting, it's, well, the next track is Adventure by Madeline Iris. I drove ten hours just to see you, just to relive where my heart was, just to face what I have missed, what five years time has done to us. We grow old, our faces change, our minds and hearts have been rearranged, our bodies tied with the coming age. Days are numbered and we're not getting any younger So why not come live with me tonight? We can go on an adventure And swear we'll never forget these summer nights Although my days may fade away The cold can't take away our 
And we are now joined by a special guest. And this special guest is on because he was a very lucky person. And I was there to witness this great stroke of luck. Uh, um, so we have with us uh, Dave Morris, also known as uh, Perloid and Perlist in various uh, places. Uh, welcome, Dave. How are you? Hi there. I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for, for making me a special guest. I hadn't realised I was quite that special. It's nice. Hey, let's be honest, oh. anybody that gets a guest on this show is pretty special because we really have had hardly any guests <laughs> outside of the two of us. <laughs> yes. Special by definition. So um, would you like to explain to our listeners exactly how you got lucky at Og Camp? Well, it was like this. Um, I was at Og Camp uh, 15 or 2015, however you say it. And uh, as always, I uh, entered the, the raffle, as as you do, you know, because it's, it's an important thing. It helps towards the funding. And uh, usually I go along to, to watch people winning things at the, uh, the, 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 the bit at the end where uh, the raffle tickets are, are called and so forth. And uh, I was completely and utterly stunned to find that I'd won something. And, uh, and what's more, I was the the star winner and won a laptop um that was <laughs> it was well it was almost heart attack time i think <laughs> i nearly had to be stretched down to uh, to collect it yes i do remember uh, that uh, that uh, you looked uh, you look you didn't, you didn't look all that pleased you looked like oh not me <laughs> well i'm sure yes. you were pleased with it as well <laughs> Well, yes, yes, but being being a sort of lifetime uh, keeper out of the limelight, to suddenly be called upon to be in the limelight, it just didn't feel right. You know, it shouldn't be me; it should be somebody else who deserves it more. So, uh, yeah, strange reaction, but there you go. I know, but having not been there, the kind of image I'm getting right now is like, you know, it's everybody being called to do the bungee jump, and you were first. No, no, please, not me, not me. <laughs> It sort of felt like that in, a, in an odd sort of way, but, <laughs> but anyway, yes. So I, I, I won a won a rather nice laptop as, as a consequence. And uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about the laptop? What kind of um, what is it? it's from a company called Entroware. I remember that much, but can you tell us what model it is and give us an idea of the specs? Yes, yes. As you say, it was Entroware who were who were. Um, there uh, demonstrating their various products and so forth and, and had donated the, the Star Prize. And uh, the Star Prize was a the model called Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. And uh, it's um, a Core i3 uh, machine, the 2.5 gigahertz uh, processor. Quite a fair bit of RAM in, in it, uh, 8 gigs and 120 gig um, SSD. And uh, it's got 15.6 inch screen, um, so it's it's really quite a quite a nice uh, nice little thing. It's not a small laptop; it's a fairly chunky one, but it's uh, it's very pretty. What about so, the weight? You said about it being not small. Is it very heavy? Is it kind of designed to carry around, or is it the kind of one that we designed to sit on a table? It's uh, my my son, who's got a, a MacBook, said, "Oh, it's actually quite heavy." When when he tried it, but uh, compared to the old HP that I that I have, which is my daughter's, um, it's it's a lightweight compared to that. I don't actually have the the weight. It might be on the website, but uh, but it's 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 definitely definitely luggable. But it's not a it's not the lightest machine in the world. Let's put it that way. Right. So and it's got uh, Linux on it. Sorry, Andrew. I'll let you talk. No, no go ahead. I was going to say it's got Linux on it and it's got Ubuntu, 
I believe it's Ubuntu or Ubuntu Mate. No, it's it's straight Ubuntu with uh, Unity, um, and uh, yes, it's it's come with that. It's it's the fifteen ten Wiley Werewolf. And it must have been a sort of standard uh, um, script installation, so that uh, it was just ready to uh, to configure as uh, as you switched on the first time, you know. But shall I tell you a bit more about the uh, the hardware? Um, I was quite intrigued to find that it's uh, it's got a Nvidia uh, card in it, and it's also got onboard graphics. I'm not really much of a laptop uh, aficionado, so I was surprised that laptops came with two types of, of graphics it actually switches itself into the um, the onboard graphics by default because that's cheaper to run but you can switch on the nvidia stuff uh, um, when you when you want to which I, which I've, I've only recently done i have to say um, so and it's also got quite an interesting feature which is a it's got a number of USB 3 ports and one USB 2. It's got four, uh, sorry, three USB 3s and one USB 2. But one of the USB 3s also got an eSATA capability, which again, I, I, I've not seen. So uh, I, I thought that was quite, and it comes with the DVD rewriter, which uh, which again is a is a thing I wouldn't have expected in a, in a modern laptop. So pretty good machine for a, for a Linux geek, I would have thought. What about the build quality overall? Does it feel sturdy? Yes, it it does feel quite nice actually. It's got a it, it's a it's a plastic case, but it's got a metal looking finish. It looks like a sort of brushed metal type of type of finish. So it's actually quite quite good looking, and it feels very solid and, and robust. It uh, it does feel like a very good quality machine to to my uh, my my feelings anyway. And uh, the other thing I was wondering is, Entroware obviously are uh, quite into their, their Linux. I don't think they sell machines with Windows preloaded. That's kind of their thing, isn't it? That's um, right. Uh, but is is there anything about about the laptop itself that you feel they've customized to be more Linux friendly, other than obviously presumably they, they choose the hardware to be Linux compatible or uh, as far as possible. But is there anything else that you've noticed that uh, hardware-wise in terms of how they built it that, that, that would give you an indication that, that, that they had Linux in mind? I didn't particularly notice that, I have to say. Um, I, I looked at it and pondered that uh, that point today, in fact, wondering what, what there was in, in particular. I mean, it's, it's as you say, it is obviously tailored for the for running Linux, um, and really the the main the main addition is they put a Ubuntu sticker on the Windows key, uh, which uh, which I think is a nice uh, nice thing. You can actually request the 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 type of key you have if uh, depending on what what version of the operating system you get. I, I notice on the website. Well, that's nice because I'm using the Windows key as many people do in Mumble as my push to talk key, but. Uh... Yes, it would be nicer if there was something else on it, like a Slackware logo in my case. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was an that was a nice touch. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it 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 is obviously really uh, compatible with with Linux. I mean, I've had no troubles with it. The Wi-Fi works great. The uh, I tend to use a, a sort of desktop guy really, so I keep it on the on the desk at the moment, and uh, it's connected to Ethernet. It's got a, a one gig. Um, gigabit uh, Ethernet, as you'd expect, I guess, uh, and all of that works fine. Uh, the camera works fine. 
all of those sorts of things that you might have had difficulty with in the past just seem to to work no no difficulty whatsoever just install ubuntu and there you go you know just out of curiosity i'm, I'm going to spring a question on you here one i've just thought of uh was there any specific or maybe on maybe odd kind of uh more niche uh, software applications on it that maybe wouldn't be on a, a standard install of Ubuntu, do you know? I didn't find anything particular. I didn't go looking for that, I have to say. I did, um, I have a, I built a, a desktop machine myself, which has got a an NVIDIA graphics card in it. And when I installed uh, Debian on it, it didn't have the NVIDIA uh, in interface software, which which is not a, a default. However, this machine, um, I simply type NVIDIA when searching for software, and up came the the application that let me go and actually switch on the the card in this particular case. Uh, so you know, those sorts of things seem to have been thought out quite nicely. Oh, I think actually I heard your cat meowing in the background there. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I've got such a sensitive microphone, the cat could be in the next room and you'd, you'd probably hear it. Yes, she wants to go out, I think. My daughter's oh. here, she's dealing with her. Okay, that's fine. Um, my next question was, um, uh, is, uh, would, you, uh, would you consider installing another Linux distro on it? Would you want to? Well, personally, I probably would. I probably will, actually. Um, it is nice to have a machine that just delivers Ubuntu straight off, but I have to say I'm not uh, not wildly enamoured of, of Ubuntu. Um, it's partly because I have used Ubuntu quite a long time and Kubuntu. I'm a KDE user largely, and I've just got a little bit fed up with the whole business of, you know, um, upgrading twice a year and and sometimes falling into a big big dark hole as a consequence. Um, and having to do the, the nuke and pave type approach to it. So I'm currently using Debian testing on my uh, desktop machine. And although there's, there's been a few surprises along the way, it does seem to have been a more stable, stable is not maybe not the word, but uh, it, it just means there aren't such big impediments, big hurdles to, to jump every, every so often. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yes, I actually I do as a Debian user. That's one of the big things that make me keep using it, coming back to it. I, I do I, I like the Ubuntu and the Ubuntu derivatives. I'm not an overly big fan of Unity personally, but that's down to taste. But uh, the fact that uh, Debian offers continuous rolling type of uh, updates, it to me makes it much better. But uh, have you had any dealings, getting back to IntroWare for a minute, have you had any dealings with them? Did you have to phone up technical help or customer support or customer service, anything like that with them? Uh, no, I haven't had any, any dealings with them at all. Apart, obviously, I had a chat with the, uh, with the guy who was there, who I think was um, uh, the, uh, the sort of front man from IntroWare was, was there actually handing over the, the uh, laptop. And uh, he said you know you get support with it and so you know send us your details which i've done but i've not actually had to speak to them or, or uh, ha heard anything more from them in fact so uh, but i did get the impression that if i had issues then they would be pretty responsive so that leads on to my next question then would you recommend entryware to a fellow linux user 
I think I would. Um, I went and had a chat to them uh, at Og Camp and uh, was just asking them, you know, how long they'd been around. I should have I should have recorded it for HBR. I'm really sad I didn't do that. But uh, um, I was just so delighted to see somebody selling Linux PCs because there are not many who uh, who do. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, piece of personal history: uh, back in 2008, I bought a Linux desktop machine. There was a company called Efficient PC based in London who were in the same sort of market that uh, that Entraware are in now, who seemed to be doing really well in setting up to, to sell Linux Linux machines, but they didn't last more than a couple of years, sadly. Uh, maybe they were too early into the, the game, but uh, Entraware has a, has a look of somebody who really, really knows what they're, what they're doing, uh, was my feeling, a gut feeling anyway. And uh, so consequently, I would recommend them from that point of view. Plus also, they do seem to be producing some pretty good good machines. Okay, they're a little bit more expensive than perhaps what you would get if you went to the the high street but then you know you are getting something that's been tailored for for linux and having built a machine myself in the past couple of years um you know you really want to 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 put a fair bit of of money towards the the components so you get something which is a compatible and b solid and and reliable you know and who knows what's in some of the the modern um, machines that you buy on the high street um, you know, so from that, from those points of view, I would definitely recommend them. And you kind of preempted the, my final question, uh, uh, given that, uh, that that you are very involved in uh, Hacker Public Radio. Have you done an APR episode about it yet? And if uh, not, why not? <laughs> I thought that was yes, yes. You gave you gave me warning of that question. Thank you very much for that, and it really made me think. No, I haven't done an HBR show about it. Why haven't I? I think I, I was, well, the real answer, of course, is I was giving you guys first refusal, you know. I, I didn't want to to um, agree to, to come and talk about it here, and then, then you'd find that there was a show on HPR. That didn't seem right, you know. Or, alternatively, I just never thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go with the first Creative answer. Commons <laughs> license, uh, we have no restrictions on what you want to do at all. No, no. I think I might well do do uh, do something on HBR in in due course. I do have a enormous queue of things that uh, are sort of partly done and and ideas and so forth. But it, it's in there now. It's in that list. So we've added more to your to do list. <laughs> well, it's it's the way of the world. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Well, do you have any more questions for Dave Andrew before he has to shoot off? No, no, I think uh, that that was it. Thanks very much for uh, for joining us, Dave. Very interesting to hear about Entraware, and I'll certainly be looking over their wares. I'm in, maybe in the market for a Steam box, perhaps, for me and my son to do some gaming on, and I noticed they had one uh, at Old Camp, so, yeah, yes, thanks for the recommendation. Nice. It looked nice, didn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting me on. It's been fun. No, thanking you, and hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. If not here, then at least on HPR. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. And now, before we get on with the next part of the show, let's have another tune. So this is The Only Son by Grey Heron.
welcome back, folks. So um, next up, we have Kevy reviewing something called Nix Note 2. So I presume this is some kind of note-taking app. Oh, man, how did you guess that? Yeah, quite impressive. Right, well, to be honest, I would not have been using this had it not been for the Ubuntu phone, to be perfectly honest, because the Ubuntu phone comes with a notes app, and it does say at the start, you know, all notes backed up to the cloud, uh, is synced, in, synced instantly once you have a data connection, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, I was using it for a while, and I thought, I wonder what the heck they sync it to. So I went into it and looked a wee bit more. That's the beauty of open source. Having a look where it was syncing back to. Now, it's not actually public. It doesn't seem to be that public. Uh, but if you dig around a wee while, you do realize that it's just a front end for an AGUI for Evernote which is just basically as it sounds, it's note syncing. Well, that's all I use it for. And I was thinking, rather than logging into Evernote all the time through the computer, well, let's see if they've got an app. Yes, they do, but not for Linux. Okay, there's no official app, so let's try this. So I tried a couple, and Nixnode 2 seemed to be the one that, well, basically it was the one that worked. I didn't get any from the repos, from the Debian repos, but... I got Nixnode 2 to work pretty quickly, so it didn't require a lot of dependencies, and it it worked pretty sharp. Now, the first thing, the initial thing, if I went on, you know, initial reactions, it was, ugh. So, first of all, looking at it, well, it's, it's not hideously ugly, it just needs a wee bit of TLC. It's not hideously ugly, it's not pretty either, certainly. Maybe could do with a makeover. The, initially, when you log in, you it doesn't actually offer you any say you know sync with your add your account in like that. It just leaves you and you're sitting staring at a blank screen. You're going, um, what do I do? What do I do? So after a wee bit, I figured out how to sign into my account. It wasn't immediately obvious. Uh, that that's certainly something that needs to be improved. And then when you finally start, you honestly believe this thing has crashed. Boy, it takes ages. It syncs up everything, but it really takes an awful long time. Now I'm thinking, is my internet connection gone? No, because while it was syncing, I was able to watch a YouTube video and play uh, play some tracks on Jamendo without any stuttering or buffering. So I was thinking, okay, it's not my internet connection. So it was a really, really bad start. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to go well. Then it kind of got a bit stranger. By default, it looks kind of like a, initially, like very much like a slightly old-fashioned email client. So you've got everything, and you've got the preview pane in the bottom, uh, stuff all at the top. But the oldest ones are first, and it shows you the oldest uh, note first by default, which I thought was very strange. However, just clicking on the date created, it flips that round. So I just thought it was a strange default. Uh, it's got a text editor. You can, you don't need to, when you click on it, you don't need to click on to edit mode or anything. It automatically goes into edit mode, which is quite nice. And it's got basic text editing tools. So it, it, they are basic. I mean, it's got things like uh, copy, paste. You can make things bold, italic, underline, strike through. You can make them uh, superscript, subscript. You can change the alignment, you know, all just kind of the basic stuff. You can make a you can make things like a bullet points, or you can make a number list. So it's just like a very, very simple word processing options is what you get. Now, as far as once you get beyond the initial, my initial dislikes, this is actually a very functional 
uh, piece of software. It synced no problem. In fact, it synced, seemed to sync for me uh, once I got it set up. Again, that was another oddity. The syncing is not set to automatic. Otherwise, you have to click manually and click on the sync button. But you can set it to sync, and you can set it to sync after you've edited, after a ta period of uh, time, or you can just set it if you've got a period of uh, of no character changes, no no input. So it's got all these, and these are really handy features. I just one thing I really wish is that these would all come in uh, at the start to say, right, initial setup, add your account, okay. Right, how do you want this displayed like that? How do you often do you want it synced? Okay, so as far as all the initial setup, it was a bit strange. But once you got that, it the functionality, everything, I mean, even syncing, once it had done its initial sync, everything else was fine. It seemed to speed up, run quite quickly, and also runs uh, very nicely. I was having a look at, I was typing up something on the phone, it backs up automatically, it syncs automatically, and next thing it appeared you know, within only seconds on my desktop app. So, like I said, if you like Evernote, you use Evernote, it's not going to be, I doubt, the best, but it's certainly very functional. doesn't look the prettiest, but uh, it does the job. That sounds quite quite handy. And uh, 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 and uh, the, the syncing is automatic and fairly instantaneous by the sounds of it? It is if you set it up to be that way. By default, it's not. By default, this is what I mean. The settings are by default are strange. Uh, you, if it's if you don't touch your settings, well, obviously you need to set up an account at some point. Otherwise, it's just a rather limited word processor. The, but if you to set it up, you just use default settings. You have to hit the sync button. There is a button up at the top. Uh, you have to hit that, which I find that a bit annoying by default. I'd rather just sync. Like I've got to sync every I think every two minutes or something. Because so, I'm not editing them that quickly that I need it now, but you can set it for every second. Yeah, every second might be a bit uh, a bit overkill, uh, especially if, if it's a single user uh, uh, device. Then uh, manual updating makes some sense, I suppose. Uh, it's not as if you need to, you know to check. Oh, did I up update something in the last second on another device? If you're the only person using it. Yes, indeed. And I think from the way it's designed, it's not really designed like so. It's not an Etherpad. It's not one where you would have multiple users. I think it's really designed for you to have notes, you to write notes, etc., and then grab them easily and have them across all your devices. Uh, but I must admit, it was uh, it's something that I've never really thought of using before. I mean, I've, I've kind of used Etherpads and things in the past. That's not been a problem. That's when usually I've shared. But I have found it's actually been very useful. And the other thing, and I don't know why I didn't do this, to be honest, because every time I used to change my Android phone, it, I'd lose all my notes. Whereas now, I'm, what I notice is I, there's an Evernote app for the Android tablet, which I've still got. I use that. Works perfectly with the Ubuntu phone, which also works perfectly with the, the Linux desktop, my Debian desktop here. So it is really a really handy tool. It's one that syncs up nicely. That's good. So it's one that you would recommend with, uh, with with some caveats. Oh yes, I mean don't expect this is not all singing, all dancing, bells and whistles. Uh, it's probably does it does have some bells and whistles, but you know they're, they're a bit rusty and need a bit of polishing up. So uh, I think uh, did you ever see the film Down Periscope? No, no, I haven't seen that. No, Kelsey Grammer, and it's like they they've got an old submarine. And this is what I think is, suits us perfectly. 
She may not be the belle of the ball, but she might turn out one or two heads. I think that's probably what sums this one up quite nicely. <laughs> right, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, so any other questions on that before we head off to the next tune? No, I think it is time for some music. Very good. So this is Empty Bed with Leon.
No, anyone would think we didn't talk over the festive period. Eh? So we're not going to do this one again, but this time I'm going to shut up for a wee while while Andrew talks about the Anstatus app on the Android mobile phone. So take it away. Yes, so um, I've been since uh, I, I first came on to Identica, which is how long would that be? I don't know, uh, 2008 maybe. I'll, I'll lose, lose track. It's a good number of years ago, um, and I very quickly um, discovered the Mustard app, which at that time was the the way to interact with uh, StatusNet and Identica, as the the main server was then. Um, and uh, and I've used Mustard ever since. And even after Identica has gone, at least not it's not StatusNet anymore. In fact, StatusNet is gone. Really, it's now GNU Social. Uh, uh, I've stuck with with Mustard. Now I can't have occasionally tried other apps, and I've tried using the web interface. But Mustard, even though it's no longer developed or even updated. Um, as the different Android versions have come out, it, it still basically works. Uh, it works on Android 4. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just kept on using it. Now, I did try other some other apps, and one, the only one that I thought, oh, hello, this looks rather good, was Anstatus. But I stopped using it, and I, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but... It, because it was some time ago, it was a year or two ago, I just felt, oh, look, actually, it's very nice. It's got lots of, thing, lots of things that Mustard doesn't do, but it doesn't have Mustard simplicity. I actually just miss using Mustard. So it was a very sort of human personal thing, not a very logical thing at all. Anyway, I was chatting away to somebody on GNU Social using uh, Mustard. I forget who it was. And, uh, and they... And we both happened to mention, oh, I, I remember it was CM Hobbs, that's who it was. And, um, and I happened to mention, we both, to, we mentioned to each other that, well, we, we used and status, but couldn't quite, you know, get into it. And the at and status user, uh, uh, in the GNU Social Fediverse noticed this and, uh, asked me, oh, what was not so simple about it? You know, in a fairly nice way, obviously looking for feedback. Uh, and I said, well, I just explained what I just said. I thought it was, Mustard was somehow simpler. I don't really know what it was. Could have been, I was just more familiar with Mustard, really. Anyway, I said I would give Anstatus a try and get back to the developer. Um, and uh, so I did. Uh, and actually, the second time around, I'm liking Anstatus more. And for the last week, I've hardly used Mustard and deliberately uh, and quite happily use Anstatus. Um, I can. Uh, so, what can I, can I do that I couldn't do before? Um, well, I'm finding a lot more conversations seem to be connected together. Um, there was one user, I think it was Rebecca Catalina. Uh, I think she may be using it on Friendica or some or another network that federates with. GNU Social, and anyway, Mustard, bizarrely, would show me her messages with her avatar, but wouldn't give the handle, and when I tried to reply, uh, it, it just said, at, then nothing, you know, so obviously wasn't, I didn't think the reply was going to get back to her. And Status coped with that a little bit better, in that it showed the avatar, and it didn't show the handle, Rebecca, Catalina, whatever it was, it showed at user ID and then some numbers. 
uh, which at least let me send a reply, which she got, and then she replied back. Um, so that worked, uh, which was good. Uh, which so mustard that didn't work. Uh, so I, I, Anne Status has received obviously some some love in getting over all the hurdles uh, of the of, of, of the imperfect federated GNU social Fediverse, which is good. Its conversation view is quite good. It's quite busy. It's got lots of lines. You can tell who replied to who. That's a sort of a bit of an improvement um, over mustard as well. Um, but I would still say this, the original criticism that I made, but there's still because of all of, of its extra functionality and features and highlighting, uh, etc., it does feel a bit busier on the, on a small screen. Now, I say a small screen. I've got a Nexus 4, so it's a big screen as phone goes, but it, it just feels busy. You know, lots of highlighted links and this and that going on. Um, uh, other quirks, like one, I, I quite like the reply all feature. Um, but when I went to reply all, it replied to everybody that not in the conversation. Like I expected it to reply to the two users that I was in this conversation with. It replied to everybody who happened to be on that um, page of my timeline, if you like, which I thought was a bit odd. Now maybe that was a bug, or maybe it was me doing something odd. I don't know. Um, so that was a bit weird. But the reply all feature uh, was good. I like that. Um, other slight niggle is when I want to see mentions that is people who've mentioned me sent a message with intention of me seeing it, I have to do sort of two clicks through to get to that. Whereas on mustard, I don't think I do. Or, or and it actually took me a little while to figure out that I had to to get to my mentions. I had to first let's see, let's open it up here. Yeah, I have to go into home. Then I have to click on home again, and, my, and then mention. So it's actually three clicks, uh, taps on the phone, where it was two in mustard. In fact, in the old days of mustard, there was a time when it was just one. Uh, so mustard got a bit more complicated there too. Um, so other than that, yeah, I quite like hand status, and I think uh, I think I will continue uh, continue using it. It's rather good. Um, I'm sure there's a few more things I'm going to discover, and I'll. Maybe drop a note to the developer uh, on the wiki, or not the wiki, the the, the, the log of bugs, etc. As I find them. Yes, uh, the days of apps when I used to have them. How I remember them well. <laughs> so yes, the next time you're speaking, you know, maybe you could nudge, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, uh, get them to consider an status on the Ubuntu phone because uh, right now there is nothing for the GNU social at all. So it's uh, just a case of me going on the web browser and going that way. But no, it's, I'm glad that you've actually got something that's been updated because Mustard was good. The biggest problem with it is it's it's really not been updated since Identica split up and moved on to a Pump.io uh, backend. And, you know, the Fediverse has moved on a wee bit from then. So, it, you know, it, you're right. It's not that uh, functional anymore. I mean, it does the basics. You'll see your timeline. You can reply to most in your timeline and you can post. But that's pretty much it. The one thing I will say that Mustard does seem to have over an awful lot of the apps that are designed, probably Twitter first, then GNU Social as an aftermath, is that a lot of them, including Twidier, which we looked at a few months back, seem to want to limit your characters to uh, 140 char characters. Is there any such problems with Anne status at all? No, indeed not. No, in fact, one another thing about Anne status is it does support Twitter. It does support GNU Social, obviously, with no character limit. I mean, FragDev, which we are on, has a character limit of 1140, and I was quite 
happily able to uh, post all the way up there, and it recognised uh, um, uh, FragDev's servers uh, character element as being 114, which is good as well. It could also uh, work with uh, uh, PumpIO as well. So, yeah, no, no, no problems there at all. Oh, and we should mention that Twitter looks set to abandon its 140 character limit. In fact, it already has in China, I read today. Okay, so you tell me if I want to have loads of characters on uh, Twitter, I've got a set of a China proxy now. Well, uh, yes, I suppose. But no, I think that the, 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 the change is coming to the rest of the world for Twitter as well. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, mind you, I suppose with today's data connections and today's data plans, maybe the 140 characters is a bit redundant. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, there's still some people in uh, GNU Social, in particular on uh, Quitter.se, who stick with the 140 character limit. Uh, and there's a few people who do get slightly annoyed, uh, us on servers, with our longer character limit. But to be honest, I, I do think the 140 character limit uh, is just a giant pain. Um, and it's a pain in Twitter, too. Uh, yes, Twitter might lose... Uh, uh, some of its uniqueness as a result of this, uh, but to be honest, I don't think that's happened in on GNU Social at all. Uh, I, I I think it's quite nice to be able to to bend the rules and go up to higher number of characters, even though most of what I post there is probably under the 140 character limit. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, just because it's got a bigger character limit, if you're that determined to stick to under 40 characters, you, know, you can stick to it. That's a freedom of choice. Yeah, so it looks like you're having quite a success then with uh, Anne status. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll certainly give it a go. I mean, I'm a little bit loath to say goodbye to Mustard completely because I've been with it for so long. I mean, it's probably the one app. Is it, is it, it's the longest... Yeah, I haven't used any other app on my phone for longer than that, maybe maybe apart from Gmail, but then Gmail has changed so much. Uh, Gmail has changed so... I think I probably use K9 longer than Mustard, but... Well, uh, I still have K9 on my on my tablet, but to be honest, I don't use it anymore. Well, that's a good point, because K9 originally was the Gmail app, technically, wasn't it? It was when Gmail, um, uh, I think, forked it. It was the original email app on Android. Now, maybe the email app was always separate from Gmail, or maybe they were the same back in the early days. I can't quite remember. I don't think they were entirely the same. The only reason I'm telling you this is because I remember... Fab at the time when I first got uh, the Android phone, Fab on Linux Outlaws was really bumming up uh, uh, Android, the, the the basic email. So it might have been for him, but I'm not sure. But I remember I said to him, uh, the email client's quite good, but try K9. It's, uh, it's brilliant. And I don't know why he seemed to take objection to this. And I, I got a few expletives in my response and said, there's nothing wrong with the Android app, blah, 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 blah. But then actually, I actually remember a bunch of people on Dentica actually went and says, no, no, you've got to try K9. It's actually even better. So that's the only reason I'm thinking it wasn't the default app. It was No, no it wasn't the default app, but I think it was forked from the original email app on Android. I think that's how it oh, came about. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, and, and, and that email app in a Google ship phone, which is obviously all you got in the early days of Android with the G1, um, I think email app was separate from Gmail. I think there were two distinct things. Uh, so I, I might, when I said the first thing I said, I might have been wrong. Yeah. But it certainly was uh, derived from the first one of the first email apps that came out uh, on Android. Anyway, 
Uh, we digress massively. But yes, so yeah, and status. Yeah, give it a try. If you're a long-time mustard user like me, I do recommend that uh, you give it a try. Very good. Right then, so let's have another tune. And this is I'm Still Breathing by Kelly Allen. would freeze if you ever did me wrong It must be a record low down there I used to think the sun would never shine again If I woke up and found you didn't care Well I felt my world tremble But the sky didn't fall Looks like I'm gonna Welcome back. Well, 
so next we are going to hear from Kevy about an RSS reading app called Life Rea. Have I said that correctly? Yes, as far as I say, you said it the same way I say it. <laughs> so this one it actually advertises itself as an RSS and podcast reader. So pod podcatcher, should I say? And as a reader for RSS clients, it, for for sorry, R, as a reader for RSS feeds and just looking at stories, it worked really well. It was easy to structure the RSS feeds, and you could lay them out pretty much any way you wanted. Uh, folders could be added really easily by just right-click add a folder. You can use drag and drop techniques, and you could choose basically to search within a folder structure. So, for example, what I mean is. If you made a folder called tech, clicked on it, and then you could see all your tech stories. And by default, the, the order was in the, the newest first. So in the order they've just recently arrived. So the newest to the top. But then let's just say within that, you might have a Linux folder. So again, click on that. And instead of getting all the tech stuff, you get all your Linux news. And then maybe if you're a real suffered from OCD or you just like things extremely well organized, you could maybe have folders like so Debian, Fedora, OpenSUSE, etc., Slackware, you know, and each of these could be clicked on. So, and the other thing I did notice, and this I've had these issues with uh, RSS readers before in the past, is that, yeah, they structured everything quite nicely, but the... They, they certainly do render very well. I mean, that's that's one thing that I did like. They rendered almost as if you were not quite as good as a browser, but a lot better than most of the default settings that I'd seen uh, for the many RSS readers. Updates can be set, and by default, the setting is once a day. And I was thinking, nah, that's too infrequent for my liking. The, so, I mean, overall, you know, a, a very positive start. So, any questions in these early stages? No, no, not, not so far. Please carry on. That. Right, very good. That was all kind of clear. I was a bit worried with that folder part that I was going to get all muddled up, but uh, that, that got there. The Now, the one thing, this is where things kind of maybe go down a hill a wee bit. So, initially it was good. Searching is not the easiest thing. Or should I say, it's not very user-friendly. If you searched for something that was in the headline of the art, or, or the article, etc., then it it would work, but it had to be an exact thing. So if you typed in, for example, just say you wanted something and it was maybe Linux, if you typed in Linux, just L-I-N-U-X, and hit return, it would it would only come back with stuff where Linux is there with a lower case. You had to actually have a complete case match, which actually annoyed me a wee bit. The, when it came to actually searching for stuff in descriptions, it it was kind of hit and miss. Sometimes it seemed to pick them up, other times it just seemed to bypass them, which I kind of put it to the test a few times. And like I subscribed to Torrent Freak, and like there was one which mentioned the turtles. So I typed in turtles and it came back no. And then I typed in it was Ninja Turtles, I was typing Ninja, and that one came a search, and I'm going, that's really odd. So that was a wee bit strange. The If you type decided you want to search for, let's just say I type in Torrent Freaks, I subscribe to that, it will not search the title of your uh, 
the, the feed you're subscribed to. So if you type in Torrent Freak, it would only come up in something where the word Torrent Freak might come up. So it might actually come up on a different uh, RSS feed that might have an article about Torrent Freak, if you kind of get what I mean. Have I made that clear as mud? <laughs> and no, 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 I, I'm, I'm with you. Right, so that was one thing. Now, it's also pointed out that it was a podcatcher as well, and I thought, well, to be honest, I really like G-Podder, so I thought this is going to take something special for me to leave it. And it does play well enough, right, for getting them, listening to them. Listening is really good, actually, because it's almost, it was played instantly. It didn't seem to say, right, wait two minutes to, like, download the thing and then play. Then it played them uh, not a problem. But I imagine if you're like me, you probably want to download your podcasts on Tac and a media player. Plays the podcast out of the box fine, but click on download and it gave me an error message about the download module is not installed. And I'm going, what? So after having a wee look and digging around, it says, somebody said, we try this on the online forum. And I says, okay, but hidden quite well deep into preferences. So you had to go to preferences, then you had to go to backends, then modules, and then you found downloading in there. And it says on the back end, it says LifeRia uses SteadyFlow to download. I thought, okay, that's fine. Let's hit SteadyFlow. Tried hitting SteadyFlow. No searches in the repos. Okay, looked it up. SteadyFlow, Debian. Yes, it's there, but it was an outdated package and it wouldn't let me install because it wanted a specific uh, version. It didn't just want this or more. It wanted a specific version. I thought, well, I'm not going to downgrade that version just to get this to work. The other option was GWGET, couldn't get that installed, it kept on wanting crazy dependencies. And the last one was KGET, which was in the repos, but when I installed it, it more or less wanted to install half a KDE desktop. And I'm going, uh, this is a bit much just to get a download for a podcatcher. <laughs> so after multiple attempts of getting, attempting to download the source code of SteadyFlow and GWGET, I I just gave up. I, mean, I was really getting a bunch of fails. I was getting frustrated. And I just thought, well, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to download podcasts. This really isn't worth the effort. So, which was a shame because I actually didn't mind it. The search, okay, I could probably live with. But not for a podcatcher to not be able to download the podcasts themselves, then uh, it certainly was a, a, you know, a massive fail on that part. But overall, I did find a, a useful tool, but it wasn't for me. I mean, I use I use iStub for my, which is a Thunderbird unbranded version. Uh, I use that for my RSS feeds as well as my emails. So it was going to take quite a bit for me to move out just because it's so handy. I, as I said before, I love Gpodder. There's just something perfectly nice. They've just hit the nail on the head for me. I like it. So, and I didn't find it better than them. Although one thing I will say, and I think I mentioned this earlier, it's probably been one of the nicest ways of rendering images that I've seen from an RSS uh, reader. It, it really does. It's it's not quite as nice as a browser window rendering, but it's almost there. The, so it, it has good points, has bad points. Certainly another great point is just how customizable it is, where you can locate everything. Uh, one thing I will say is it came with a heck of a lot of suggested uh suggested things it was like for example but it, there was well over a hundred feeds there and to be honest i think that was a bit overkill do i really need a hundred feeds uh you know because i already had the ones i wanted i wasn't really going to go down and 
start reading each and every one. I'd still be reading the probably the first page today if I'd looked at all of them. But overall, it had its nice parts, but it didn't it didn't convince me enough to switch over from either uh, Ice Dove or uh, from G Podder. All right. Okay. So I mean, it sounds like it's got some nice points, but a few, uh, well, a few important things like the the search being case sensitive doesn't sound great. A few important points are are are, are a bit lacking. Um, when you you mentioned uh, the the problem getting K get, I I I didn't. I, I do remember hearing somewhere that life Rhea does pull in a lot of KDE dependencies in the first place. Do, do, do you think it is developed with KDE in mind, or the developer happened to be a bit KDE oriented? Well, I don't think so, purely because I do I couldn't find it on the repo, so I did it from source, and I think I only installed two dependencies. And I mean, this is a actually a relatively fresh install of Debian with the Mate desktop. So I've not got any real QT or KDE stuff. You know, in my old Debian system on the old computer, yeah, it wouldn't have surprised me if I had most of the stuff anyway, because I was always trying things. But I thought, I want to keep this one a bit cleaner. Whereas the last one ended up having a huge amount of different dependencies installed for different things, and probably half of them weren't being used. So maybe it might have been at the at the end, but I think maybe, I, I don't really know what, I should have looked, but I don't know what the update of this is. I mean, at the end of the day, they've made a, a re, a, an RSS reader that is, is okay. I mean, the case-sensitive case searches are annoying. The, the inconsistent searches are a bit annoying, to be honest. I don't like inconsistency. It shouldn't happen to me in programming, in any form of computer. It's not a human. It should be down to human error. But uh, the, the not being able to download was the real deal breaker for me, not being able to download a podcast. And what was frustrating was it was all there. You could listen to it. You could stream it. It all showed you the stuff there. It just didn't download it at all. Hmm. Well, I mean, in KDE, the, sort of the default uh, KDE app application is ACK Regrator with a K instead of the G's. Uh, so I wish I would stop doing that. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I guess in KDE, that's what some people would go for. Personally, I never use RSS in the desktop. I've always, I always use it on my phone and I use TTRSS and I have a uh, web server. So if I did want to use it on the desktop, I would just log into the web server. So, yeah, it sounds interesting. It sounds a bit like a KDE app in that it does some rather does a few things rather neatly, but f sort of falls down in some of the basics. So <laughs> that's an experience with a lot of the KDE stuff, and including KGET, which is quite nice, but I don't really... Uh, I do use KGET occasionally, uh, but you know, I don't find it all that useful in the overall scheme of things. No, what I might do is the next time I install... So it won't be that long probably before I install a KDE distro. If I remember, I'll try and install it and see how it runs then. But uh, right now, I just wasn't willing to install the KDE desktop essentially. Yes, I mean that's some of the KDE things are made. You know, the whole point of KDE is to be integrated, isn't it? So it doesn't surprise me that KGET uh, does does it, you do end up doing that. I mean, that's yeah, that's a, with a lot of the KDE apps you end up with that, don't you? Right. Let's go on with this, and this is two four one nine by Between Horizons. 
for a tattoo and to find a place that we call home and a feeling that we've never known I heard you once I let you die right before my very eyes but this time I won't let you go from now on I'll be yours alone cause this is who of the show, some feedback uh, well, I don't think we've had an awful lot of feedback over the festive season, people have been too busy uh, quaffing their drinks and munching their mince pies and then celebrating the new year um, but uh, but I've uh, typed Tux Jam into Anne's status and it, uh, and it quickly came back with a bunch of hits um, so there's a, well, the most recent one is this enigmatic message from at x11r5 careful ken back when at kevy flew tux jam solo i suggested that to mv at mv for hashtag nef <laughs> we don't know what that means um and then there were some comments about us streaming tux jam directly to netflix i don't remember the context for that do you kevy netflix no, I don't remember that one. Hang on. Uh, ah, it's because <laughs> yes, I had said as a joke, why does the Netflix app need access to the phone's microphone? In fact, that's not the joke. I actually did ask. Netflix app on my phone did ask for access to the phone's microphone, which I thought was a bit annoying. And then, uh, and then you said, so we can stream Tux Jam directly to Netflix. Which ah, okay, right, 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 yes. Now I've forgotten about that. Yes. Um, and then JK Active, JC Active, sorry, uh, at Twitter.ac uh, favorited our Christmas episode. Um, and uh, 
Yes, and then uh, Charles Colomb uh, criticised the lyrics to Old Lang Syne. Uh, I guess it was some reference to uh, the Scots in that, uh, with him being from Northern Ireland, where they all speak just fine and proper English. <laughs> yes, indeed. But uh, no, we do thank uh, we do thank Charles Colomb for uh, all this he does. He's one of our you know regularly regular comments and does actually leave us feedback etc so it is nice that uh he's still uh he's still kept with us yeah we must be doing something right we've actually managed to have a listener that stayed with us for most of the show's era <laughs> indeed yes and we'd like to yeah, thank our our, our, our listener uh, very much for sticking with us uh, yes indeed it's good to have you on board <laughs> you keep listening <laughs> and we'll keep making the show yeah well actually it appears that we actually don't have we don't do terribly badly with listeners because uh, on top of the downloads for the podcast, now, okay, I know this is not an awful lot when it comes to the grand scheme of things, right? But we're not exactly, we're not expecting to kind of rival the Beatles in listens. Uh, we're not even expected to you know, rival a Beatle in listens, far less at all four limpid together. But we have actually got to, we, I started uploading the podcast to SoundCloud and just type in Tux Jam, you'll get there. So there's only two. There was uh, Tux Jam 46 and Tux Jam 47. Just go to SoundCloud and type in Tux Jam. And we seem to have had about one track has got 22 listens. The other track has got 17 listens. So that's 17 more people who hadn't listened to it before. We're also, I'm also uploading them to Vimeo again, just uh, type in Tux Jam. The, it's there is no actual video. You won't see myself or Andrew. It is just through the Tux Jam logo that is on while this audio is playing. But it's another way to listen. So that, that one seems to have about I think about five listens. So it's it's not exactly set in the world of light, but hey, it's more than you got. But of course, you can go ahead to the website and actually subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go ahead there. It's unseenstudio.co.uk, and you can. Uh, get us directly from there uh, then we can't spy on you because uh, we don't actually have the we're not the webmasters for the site so we don't actually get the details on downloads i don't even know where to get them to be perfectly honest oh well i mean yes we're not aiming for beetle level popularity but you know we do aspire to reaching sort of ringo star level at the very least one day yes that is our aim yes we'll catch we're gunning for your ringo mind you he did he did do that uh, series of Thomas the Tank. I think we're aiming too high. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although, to be fair, uh, was it Michael Angelis who took over from Ringo? Actually, to most people, he now sounds more like what mo he. To most people, that's what Ringo sounds like. They think Michael Angelis is actually Ringo, and when they hear the real Ringo, they think, "Why doesn't he sound as good as he does in Thomas the Tank Engine?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we can, we can aim for that then. Yeah, okay then. We're back on track. We're gunning for Ringo again. Right then. Yeah. So we have, we're on, we're active on uh, social media. So we'll go to un, at Unseen Studio on Twitter and join diaspora.com and also uh, on Gnu Social and that's uh, on micro.fragdev.com. But those are just announcements. If you want to yarn to us, then I'm at Kevy on micro.fragdev.com I am on Twitter I'm at kevy49 and now I am also I've changed pods because my pod closed down again I'm getting sick of this right but I am now on socializer 
Uh, I'm kv at socializer.cc, I think it is, but I'm going to have to check this. And while I'm doing that, Andrew, you can give out your contact details. Indeed, I am McNalu, M-C-N-A-L-U, on same place as Kevy, micro.fragdev.com, or you can find me as McNalu on Twitter. Uh, And uh, if you want to read stuff that I write, you can find that I've got a blog at blog.mcnalu.net. And it is socializer.cc, and socializer is spelled with a Z in it. You can email the show. We do have an email, believe it or not. We do have an email, and it still works, apparently, but nobody ever uses it, apart from people spamming us about fake Rolex watches. But it's uh, tuxjam at unseenstudio.co.uk. Do we have anything else, or is that us for this episode? Nope, that's uh, that's us for this episode, I think. And uh, if you if you don't want to do any of those other things, those high tech methods, we, you could try sending a carrier pigeon to us uh, yeah, as well. That would be quite nice. I'd quite like to get a pigeon. Yeah, I really think you should send that to Andrew. I think it would probably be cruelly to send a pigeon up this far. <laughs> I don't think it'd survive the journey. <laughs> yeah, you've told me about hunting, and Lewis might get shot down. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, right then, so, well, that's all that's left uh, for us, so it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me, and I shall introduce the, the, the final track, uh, which you can uh, do your zizzing and falling asleep to. It's called Fiery the Angels Fell by Pretty Howtown. I've got it off Magnitude, and it's a bit of electronica, all recorded the old-fashioned way, no digital nonsense, a lot of analogue synths recorded stuff in a sort of live, but recorded fashion.
You've been listening to a member of the Unseen Studio Podcast Network. 